Struggling to keep track of your story and world? Archivos is for you. More intuitive than a wiki, more extensible than Scrivener, Archivos builds your story bible into your personal, always-on tactical display. Graphical relationship charting, continuity tools, this thing has it all, with bonus options for fan engagement and real-time collaboration. Archivos. Story world management done right www.archivos.digital. That's www.archivos.digital. Welcome to The Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 1015. Hello and welcome back to The Everyday Novelist. Sorry about that short gap. We have been busy. Crazy busy. <laughs> Crazy. Oh my god. So um, this is a quick state of the podcasters update because we have been gone and that's unforgivable, especially for those of you who are generously supporting us. And if you are not supporting us and would like to be generous... We would love to have you. You can go to uh, everydaynovelist.com slash support to find all the different options there are. But uh, yes, we spent uh, quite a bit of the last two weeks up at Shipfire Ranch, the new homestead, getting our home erected. We're about ready to put the power in, and we're going to be moving in full-time in another two to four weeks, hopefully. And... Um, so we're recording a big block today that'll hopefully carry us through all or most of that so that we can uh, not risk another gap. Amen. Here's hoping we've got enough questions to pull it off. Um, thank you also to Mel Todd, who is our new sponsor. Uh, if you've been hearing the ads running. If you go to uh, back into the show archives, you'll find some interviews with her, which are a lot of fun. I recommend them. She was one of the early questioners here on The Everyday Novelist, and her career has taken off like gangbusters. Go, Mel! So, anyway, that's what's been up with us. Um, so, we've still got a little time, so let's do a question. Today, we hear from Ed. Ed asks... How can a writer oppose the moral panic du jour without being consumed by it? It seems that even a reasonable, even-handed, or steel-manning type story could still lead to the author being pilloried, or worse, for touching the subject. We don't all want to be rushdy. Well, 20 years ago, I would have had a bit of a different opinion on this. 20 years ago, there was such a thing as a career killer. It was possible to, you know, Rushdie aside, Rushdie didn't go broke or have any career-ending consequences, but he does have to spend an amazing amount of money on security because there's a small, highly motivated group of people who want to kill him. However, there was a time, and it wasn't too long ago, when everything in publishing and, um, and readership and everything was so centralized that... There were certain toes you had to be very careful of stepping on or you would get relegated to a ghetto and you would never make any money. It looks like that era might be over. Now, of course, 
if you piss off enough of the wrong kind of people, you could potentially get, like, debanked. But let's put that aside, because that's one of those risks you never... You, you can't really manage, because the moral panics du jour move so fast, and they go in so many directions. Very difficult to predict what's going to come, and if you get a high enough profile, people will always gun for you. So... The extreme stuff, like being debanked or being delisted from all the publishing platforms, I'm not even going to touch because it's the kind of risk that we all run no matter what we write, in my view. Even if you're writing in line with the current cultural consensus, we've seen that next year's cultural consensus could be so radically different that even if you're still on the side of the new consensus, your old writings might not be, and that could be grounds for canceling you in some very massive and terrifying ways. So, since I consider that a risk that can't be managed, I'm not even going to talk about it. For lesser categories of risk, I'm actually a lot less worried about this than I was two or three years ago, and especially less worried about this than I was five or six years ago. The reason is that there are enough communities of readers that are dissatisfied enough with X or Y cultural or political thing that they're finding writers and building communities around writers that don't do that thing that they're dissatisfied with. These communities have some really, really weird allegiances and relationships within them. Um, and they're not even necessarily looking for doing the opposite of the thing that they don't like. Right. They just want not doing that thing. They just want not doing that thing. Now, if you do your own thing and try to find your readers, and you are not hewing to and like joining in the moral panic of the day, but are instead kind of opposed to it, it's very likely that you're going to, at one point or another, wind up in networks with other authors whose politics, whose religion, whose morality, you violently disagree with. You might even think that it's not just wrong, but it's bad. How you deal with that is your own business. Me, since I was a kid, I've always been surrounded by people who I think are nuts. And it doesn't matter which network or social cluster I've been in. I, I've always thought that the people around me are nuts, which probably means that I'm nuts, frankly. <laughs> and I'm a, a totally open to that. I, I, I'm a lunatic. I'm insane. I'm off on so many fringes that I look moderate from the outside. Blessed lunatics. Blessed lunatics. But as Kitty will tell me, as you know, Ed, from talking to me personally, as many of you who have bumped into me might have figured out, I only appear moderate because... I am a collection of extremes that seem to counterbalance each other. I have not a moderate bone in my body. And if you get me deep enough well, on... Well, the, the middle toes, middle bone is pretty moderate. <sighs> my father used to tell me <laughs> you can be replaced by a machine, but he was wrong for the same reason that I can't use that against you, because no machine is that nuts. Um... <laughs> Apologies for the distraction. So, for me, being in the company of people I think are a little bit bent is normal. 
And I have a very high tolerance for that. I find my group solidarity along lines other than ideology because I don't have a choice. I've never been able to find group solidarity, group solidarity along ideological lines. When I was heavily in with the libertarian crowd, I was always the one who was arguing against them when I was a Christian. I was always the one pushing boundaries. When I was hanging out with communists and socialists, I was always pushing boundaries. I'm sort of naturally that way. The most fun thing about me, for me, about an ideology or a worldview is spotting the compromises and the uh, the compromises it makes and the lies it tells itself in order to hold itself together. I think the chaos is interesting. Most people aren't like that, I understand. Most people need something solid and cohesive, or they go crazy. I don't need something solid or cohesive in that sense, because I'm already crazy. But I tend to find my uh, solidarity by looking at why the people that I disagree with believe the things they do. Most of the time I find that it's for reasons that are deeply earnest, and very honorable, even when I think that their views are fucking scary. And so, what I try to do is I try to, um, I try to, this isn't really the right way to put it, but I try to judge people by their own standards instead of by mine. Mm. Um, because they're coming, I, I, I'm a consummate relativist. I have what I think is, what, what I believe is right and wrong, and I'm very strident about that. But I also have a deep conviction that uh, morality, ethics, and politics are ecologically constrained in a weird social way, and so I figure when in Rome. So if you want to pick a fight with me and have an argument about something, I'll, I'm there every day of the week. But if... I am the one initiating the contact. It's very important for me not to push too hard because that seems rude. Now, if you are not like me, you need to be mentally prepared for the fact that fans cluster around works not because of the values of the author, but because of the values of the story. If you're pushing back against moral panics because you feel obligated to honestly, or because, like me, you like causing trouble, or whatever the reason is, you're going to find yourself attracting fans and other authors who are on the outs, at least at the moment, maybe permanently. And that means you're going to be finding yourself rubbing elbows with other authors and with fans whose worldviews that you think are somewhere between misguided and evil. Now, you can look at this in one of two ways. You can look at it either like I'm being tarnished by my association with these people, or you can look at it like, hey, I think I'm right. These people don't, but they like my writing, so maybe my writing will make them think. That's where I tend to fall on things. Um, now, that does mean that when other people notice those associations in this world where um, guilt by association is like the favorite mob justice tactic, you're going to get tomatoes thrown at you, literally or figuratively, and hopefully they stop at tomatoes and don't go on to Molotov cocktails. Or tomato sauce in cans. <sighs> That would hurt. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's late. Can you tell? It's, oh, boy. This is going to be a long recording session.
But if you're uh, if you're feeling inclined to push back and you're afraid of getting pushed back the wrong way, pen names are a great thing because they are disposable if you, if things get bad enough. Another thing is that there are subtle ways to push back. You know, you do not everybody is a Mark needs to write like Mark Twain or Nathaniel Hawthorne or Robert Heinlein and have long discourses about who's right and who's wrong and laying out their case in words. You can have a story that makes your point, that makes it in a subtle way, that makes it in a complex way, and that isn't a polemic. And stories that are not polemics and that have strong and deep emotional resonance, while they're hard to pull off, they are the ones that actually help change people's minds. And they're the ones that are more likely to endure, and they're certainly going to entertain a broader swath of the population than books that are simply battles of ideas. I have written both battles of ideas books, and I've written straight-ahead adventure that's got some interesting subversive themes in it, at least interesting from my point of view. And the it, it's hard for me to predict which one will which kind will do well at any given time because I seem to have two different audiences. I've attracted an audience that really likes the Battle of Ideas books, and they tend to avoid the adventure books. But as I've been doing the adventure books, I'm gradually attracting an audience that likes the adventure books, but they don't like the Battle of Ideas books, and they send me hate mail about it. So, your mileage may vary. But um, if you want to be pushing back on whatever the moral panic of the day is, and you want to be doing it in your stories, doing it in the story itself, and less in the dialogue, is going to get you further under the radar than doing it straight ahead at the top layer in the dialogue. So that's what I got. Hope it's helpful. Always great to hear from you, Ed. And we'll see you tomorrow. The Everyday Novelist is written by J. Daniel Sawyer and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty McKeon and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2021 J. Daniel Sawyer and the production is copyright 2021 Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License and all other rights are reserved to their respective owners. Join the conversation. Submit a question, leave a comment, or a creative death threat. Or find me at jdsawyeronminds.com or hit me at feedback at jdsawyer.net. We can't do it without you.